Shalom, brothers and sisters. I'm Brother Sid of the Commandment Keepers Church. We have a detailed lesson prepared for our brothers and sisters internationally. The title of today's lesson will be Law and Order. Law and Order, brothers and sisters. Today's lesson will be a detailed look into the order of the Most High as it pertains to our nation, as it pertains to family, brothers and sisters. We know 1 Corinthians, we know Paul said what? The Most High is not the author of confusion. Yet, amongst God's people, there's nothing but confusion. It starts where? It starts with the nucleus. It starts with the family. We are out of order, brothers and sisters. We're going to utilize the Bible. To do what? Bring order to the house of God. The title of today's lesson, Law and Order. Let's go to Isaiah, brothers and sisters. <clears throat> We're going to go to Isaiah 5. Okay. We're going to go to Isaiah, the fifth chapter and the 13th verse. Okay. Follow us there, brothers and sisters. Isaiah 5 and 13 reads, Therefore my people are gone into captivity because they have no knowledge and their honorable men are famished and their multitude dried up with thirst. Brothers and sisters, did you hear that? I'm going to read that again for you. Isaiah 5 and 13 reads, Therefore my people are gone into captivity because they have no knowledge, and their honorable men are famished, and their multitude dried up with thirst. Brothers and sisters, this scripture is strong and expressive in the highest degree. It illustrates a point very vividly. Okay, it says we've been destroyed because of the lack of leadership when it comes to who? Our men. Listen to this again. Isaiah, the fifth chapter, the 13th verse, and it reads, Therefore, my people are gone into captivity because they have no knowledge and their honorable men are famished and their honorable men are famished and their honorable men are famished. And their multitude dried up with thirst. Brothers and sisters, because our men refused to retain and apply the knowledge of God, the Bible says we went into captivity. It tells you that the source of that captivity is because of our lack of knowledge, right? And then he tells you who was responsible for disseminating that knowledge. The honorable men. See? So the lack of Knowledge, the lack of dissemination, the lack of distribution of what? Godly wisdom amongst our nation led to the destruction of our entire nation. See that? Let's read that again. Isaiah, the fifth chapter in the 13th verse, and it reads, Therefore, my people are gone into captivity because they have no knowledge and their honorable men are famished and their multitude dried up with thirst. So according to the text, brothers and sisters, in order to 
ascertain what's going on with our nation, you have to examine the men. Okay? The Bible is telling you this clearly. Because as the man goes, at least amongst our nation, as the men, I believe, of any nation go, as goes the nation. Okay? So when you look at the Korean community, look at the men. Right? And as the men are going, so does who? So does the entire nation. Look at the white man. As the white man operates, so does the rest of the Europeans, right? Or the Edomites. Same for us, okay? We're in bad shape. Why? Look at our men. Look at the men. And it'll be clear why we're in this case, right? Let's go to Ezekiel. Let's go to Ezekiel 22, brothers and sisters. Let's go to Ezekiel, the 22nd chapter, in the 30th verse, brothers and sisters. Okay? Ezekiel 22 and 30 reads, I searched for a man among them who would build up the wall and stand in the gap before me for the land that I might not destroy it. But I found none. Brothers and sisters, where are we? We're at Ezekiel, the 22nd chapter, the 30th verse. And it reads, I searched for a man amongst them who would build up the wall and stand in the gap before me for the land that I might not destroy. It, but I found none. Brothers and sisters. Among all of Israel, the Most High could find no man who would lead the people in his way. It says, stand in the gap before me. That means standing between God's wrath, God's judgment, and him, right? And our people. So usually, remember, Moses was that man who stood in between God's wrath, his judgment, and our people, right? Many times the Most High threatened to destroy us and Moses pleaded right you had Jeremiah you had Ezekiel right you had Christ these were men of God that stood in between as prophets as mouthpieces of the most high see that I'm going to read that again Ezekiel 22 in verse 30 and 31 reads, I searched for a man among them who would build up the wall and stand in the gap before me for the land that I may not destroy it. But I found none. But I found none. Therefore, I have poured out my indignation upon them. I have consumed them with the fire of my wrath. Their own way have I recompensed Upon their heads, saith the Most High God. See that? He said, I couldn't find no man to lead. So I allowed the natural processes of destruction to occur. According to the text, God is looking for men who will lead his people and advance his kingdom. Brothers and sisters, the question is, who will stand in the gap as servant leaders for their nation? The text tells us clearly that the Most High is looking to recruit a dedicated band of men to help influence the earth. See? Let's read that again. 
Ezekiel, the 22nd chapter, the 30th verse, and it reads, I searched for a man among them who would build up the wall and stand in the gap before me for the land that I might not destroy it, but I found none. Brothers and sisters, it says for the land. What land? It's talking about Jerusalem. It's talking about the people of Jerusalem. Okay. So when you study the Bible, a lot of times the land is indicative of the people. It represents the people of that land. So what land is he talking about? What people is he talking about? The children of Israel. And according to Ezekiel, the Most High has been seeking for the souls of men to return to him ever since we fell Ever since we fell, brothers and sisters, you see this according to the text, the most high lays our condition on the lack of leadership amongst our men. So we have to start with the men. Why? Because men are the leaders naturally, according to God. Let us prove that because a sister may say, well, hold up, hold up now. <laughs> hold up now. It doesn't have to be a man. Okay, well, you know what, sister? Go to Proverbs 8 and 4, sister, okay? Go to Proverbs 8 and 4, brother, because we're going to let the Most High speak on this. Proverbs, the 8th chapter, in the 4th verse, and it reads, Unto you, O men, I call, and my voice is to the sons of man. Let's read that again. Proverbs 8 and 4 reads, Unto you, O men, I call, and my voice is to the sons of man. So, brothers and sisters, the call to spiritual duty is addressed to who? All men, according to the text. Why? Because men have the potential to exalt an entire nation. See? According to God. Let's read that again. I hope brothers are seeing this, all right? Proverbs 8 and 4 reads, Unto you, O men, I call, and my voice is to the sons of man. Brothers and sisters, the best way to help a nation is to focus on the males. So the target audience at this particular time is the men. God has always reached out to the men, right? Noah was a man. Ezekiel, Jeremiah was a, David was a man. Paul, Peter, Christ was a man. The Most High always used men to do his work. And that's not to say sisters don't have a place, but as it pertains to leadership, especially amongst our people, men are responsible for what you see in our communities. Okay? It's men selling the drugs. Right. It's men walking around with their pants hanging off their behind. It's men that are exploiting our sisters on rap, uh, you know, music and stuff like that. See, it's men. OK, it's the men who make the trends. So now you see why there's been an orchestrated effort against men, especially the man of Israel, the Israelite man. See, let's go to Ezekiel. Let's go to Ezekiel because we're just pointing out in the Bible who's responsible 
first. Okay? Now, there's enough blame to go around, but first we have to point out the order of the Most High. The title of today's lesson, Law and Order. Where will we find the, the order? In His law. <laughs> okay? There is an order, brothers and sisters. Okay? There's an order according to God. What is that order? What is that order, brother? What is that order, sister? You will learn that today. Let's go to Ezekiel 34 and 31. Ezekiel, the 34th chapter, same book, just a different chapter. Ezekiel, the 34th chapter, in the 31st verse. And it reads, And ye, my flock of my pasture, are men, and I am your God, saith the Lord God. Let's read that again. I hope you're seeing this. Ezekiel 34 and 31 reads, And ye, my flock of my pasture, are men, and I am your God, saith the Most High. So according to the text, men are called to be the head, right? And guess what? The, the head leads the body. But this assumes, that assumes that the body listens to the head, <laughs> Okay, otherwise, it's an uncoordinated body that does not function properly. See? You don't get feedback from the body to the head. The head is the leader. <laughs> okay? Now, let's deal with this because there are no leaders without followers, brothers and sisters. So if a man can't come to you for understanding, brother, now we have an issue. Now there's an issue because just because you're a man... It doesn't make you a quality leader. See that? It doesn't make you a quality leader. And we'll deal with that today. So I, I don't want it to be misconstrued that we're saying all men are good leaders. No, that's not what we're saying. What we're saying is that all men should be good leaders amongst our nation. Because why? The only way out of this is through men. Okay? God set up men, the 12 disciples. These were men that he set up to do what? To distribute his gospel. Okay? Sisters have a place too, and we'll go there. But right now, we have to deal with the head. The head is who? Let's read it again. Ezekiel 34 and 31 reads, And ye, my flock of my pasture, are men. And I am your God, saith the Lord God. So according to the Bible, the Most High's flock is who? It's men. Okay? And that's not to say he won't use sisters and all that. But on a large level, he dealt with the men. And he's still dealing with them. And now we see why Satan has chosen to attack the men. All right? To demonize the man. Matter of fact, to move the man out of the house. Move him out of the way altogether. See? You're living in a society that's made to elevate the woman and diminish the man. Okay? Look at the numbers of essentially who's making more money. Now, when you look at the top percentile of who's making the most money, it's in the top percentile, it's men. But when you... When you even out the numbers, the average woman makes more than the average man. Okay? 
Now, when you get into the high numbers, of course, those jobs are usually ran by men. But as it pertains to just on average, the average what salary of a woman in America and the average salary of a male, you would be shocked. You would be shocked. We wanted to go here, though, first for sisters and for men, because men need to know where their place is. Sisters also need to know where a man's place is and where her place is. Why? Let's go to Isaiah 3 and 12. Take a look at this, brothers and sisters, prophetic text here. Isaiah 3 and 12 reads, as for my people, children are their oppressors and women rule over them. O my people, they which lead thee cause thee to error and destroy the way of thy paths. Mm. Brothers and sisters, Isaiah reveals a society that can be aptly described as upside down. The text tells you that those who should be leading are not, and those who should not are. You see that? Let's read that again. Isaiah, the third chapter, the 12th verse, and it reads, As for my people, children are their oppressors, and women rule over them. O my people, they which lead thee cause thee to error, and destroy the way of thy paths. So guess what? When men abdicate their roles, the women and children take up the slack. You see that? When men aren't doing their jobs, what happens? Women and children start to do it. Doing what? Acting outside of their created makeup. A, a child, or, nor a woman, it was created to lead. That was not why God created them. See? So now they're operating outside of their created makeup. Why? Because the man is not doing his job. See? Because why? If the job have to get done by somebody... Even if the man's not doing it. And this is how sisters are looking at it. Right? So the author says that forcing a woman into leadership ends in devastation. Let's read it again. This is the Bible here. This is not Brother Sid's opinion. Okay? Isaiah the third chapter, the twelfth verse. And it reads, as for my people, children are their oppressors. And women rule over them and women rule over them. Oh, my people, they which lead thee cause thee to error and destroy the way of thy paths. You see that? The author's telling you women in leadership roles ends in destruction. Why? Because they're inexperienced and unqualified. Okay? When men are out of course, the nation suffers, brothers and sisters. It's clear. It's clear. So what are we talking about? The order of the Most High. Let's go to 1 Kings. Let's go to 1 Kings, brothers and sisters. Let's go to 1 Kings, the second chapter, the first through the third verse. Because now we have to deal with that man. First, we had to establish who God said was the leader, 
right? God said men are the leadership. And in fact, it said women rule over them, right? Our society, I never, I have never seen any other nation so upside down. Amongst the black community, for some reason, the women are running the relationships. And listen, I grew up with, you know, grandmother, grandfather, and all that, where the grandmother, the woman, the matriarch is actually, <laughs> is actually ruling and running the whole house. She's making the executive decisions. Okay? I want you to really take a look, you know, amongst your families. Okay? Amongst our communities. What is going on? Look at the previous generations. Because guess what? When you go into the white man's community... The white man is the man. And he's not going to be challenged. See? When you go into what? You know, those of the Middle Eastern persuasion, guess what? The man is the man. And he's not challenged. But for some reason, amongst us, <laughs> okay? Amongst us, men aren't doing their jobs. Right? And women are having to take over for it. Let's go to 1 Kings chapter 2. I need brothers to take a look at this. I also need sisters to take a look at this. Because why? What our nation is missing is true masculinity. Okay? There's a war on masculinity. Okay? Men are trapped in the closet. Matter of fact, we have a lesson coming out pretty soon called Trapped in the Closet. About how men are have been... Shoved into the closet, like how homosexuals were shoved into the closet, right? Now they have men in the closet where they, they can't even be masculine. See, we do, we'll deal with that. I don't want to put the car before the horse. Let's go to First Kings, the second chapter, the first through the third verse. And it reads, now the days of David drew nigh that he should die. And he charged Solomon, his son, saying, I go the way of all the earth. Be thou strong, therefore, and show thyself a man. And show thyself a man. Brothers and sisters, before David dies, he tells Solomon to prove himself as a man. And then verse 3, he tells him what a man is, right? I'm going to read those two scriptures again. I'm going to read all three, actually. First Kings, the second chapter, the first verse, and it reads, Now the days of David drew nigh that he should die. And he charged Solomon, his son, saying, I go the way of all the earth. Be thou strong, therefore, and show thee, or excuse me, and show thyself a man. How do you show yourself a man? Verse three, and keep the charge of the Lord thy God. To walk in his ways, to keep his statutes and his commandments and his judgments and his testimonies, as it is written in the law of Moses, that thou mayest prosper in all that thou doest, and whatsoever thou turneth thyself, show yourself a man. See? Brothers, we must be reprogrammed. To what masculinity looks like. Our women and children need protection. Why? Because there's too many dynamics working against them. Okay, there's too many threats to their very existence. 
See, when a man functions within the principles of biblical manhood, those around him benefit from his leadership and care. Imagine your father telling you this. Prove yourself a man. Show yourself a man. And then he tells you what masculinity is. Let's read it again. First Kings chapter two, verse three, and it reads and keep the charge of the Lord thy God to walk in his ways, to keep his statutes and his commandments and his judgments and his testimonies as it is written in the law of Moses, that thou mayest prosper in all that thou doest and whithersoever thou turneth thyself. Brothers and sisters, verse 3 tells you that what? When you follow God's commandments, success is what guaranteed. So brothers and sisters, the most high established laws for all of his products to guarantee success. What we learn according to that text is success is a direct derivative of what? Decisions. So brothers and sisters, any manufacturer, anybody who's manufactured something, guess what? Apple, the iPhone. When you purchase an iPhone, it comes with what? A manual. Right? And that manual says this is how you operate to get the most functionality out of it. This is how you should operate. Okay? Don't drop it in water. Use this. Download the software. Every manufacturer does what? Every manufacturer has laws on how to operate using their product. For example, Chevrolet. Chevrolet is a car manufacturer, right? That has, that, that has a built-in law on how it's to operate, right? So Chevrolet vehicle, right? Chevrolet vehicles, the law is you must use gas, okay? You may say, well, no, you know what? I want coconut water. I want to use orange juice, right? What happens? the vehicle starts malfunctioning. Why? Because you didn't use the law, right? So guess what? You don't bring your laws to the manufacturer. You don't call Chevrolet and say, well, you know what? I don't like gasoline. I like orange juice. Doesn't work. Laws, brothers and sisters, listen to me closely. Laws are not given to restrict you, but to guarantee success. Let's read that again. 1 Kings 2 and 3 reads, And keep the charge of the Lord thy God to walk in his ways, to keep his statutes and his commandments and his judgments and his testimonies, as it is written in the law of Moses, that thou may prosper in all that thou doest, that thou may prosper in all that thou doest, that thou may prosper in all that thou doest. See, brothers and sisters, according to the text, success is predictable. See, he's saying, listen, if you operate using my laws, I'm the manufacturer, son. Okay, I'm the manufacturer, daughter. If you operate in using my principles from that manual you call the Bible, <laughs> we never read those manuals, do you? You probably have a a DVD player, you only know fast forward, rewind, and, and, and power. You're probably missing about 45 other options <laughs> that your DVD player can actually do, right? Because we don't read the manual. See? So this is key, brothers and sisters. This is key. Let's go to 1 Corinthians. 
for, for my men, for my brothers. First Corinthians, the 13th chapter in the 11th verse, and it reads, when I was a child, I spake as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. You see that? Brothers, men have to be men. Why? Because she's looking for leadership. She's looking for you to lead her. See? Let me read that again. 1 Corinthians 13 and 11 reads, When I was a child, I spake as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. Brothers, the toys, the toys have become an impediment to your growth. Okay? The toys have become an impediment to your growth. Women hate stagnation. They like to see growth from year to year. Okay? So when they, st when they stop seeing growth from year to year, then she starts to what? Then she starts to Operate outside of your instruction. Why? Because she's looking at you glassy-eyed, staring at the ceiling, giggling. High. High off your behind. How can a woman trust you with her legacy and all you do is get high and play games? Hmm? See, now listen, I'm not look we're not looking to excoriate the man. We're looking to stimulate the men. We're looking to encourage the men to get their righteous power back. Okay? So I don't want this to come off, come across as if we're coming against our brothers. Listen. Men have to be men in order for us to get out of this case. Because if you're expecting women to lead this revolution, we might as well stay under the white man. Okay? And every other man that's out there that's above us. Okay? So something has to change. And according to God, it's men. It's the men. Men dictate the entire nation. Now, I want you to notice something here. Let's read Paul's writings again. 1 Corinthians 13 and 11 reads, When I was a child, I spake as a child. I understood as a child. I even thought as a child. But when I became a man, but when I became a man, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. Brothers and sisters, he didn't say I put away childish things and that made me a man. He said I was already a man, but I still had childish tendencies. You see that? So brothers and sisters, the text is telling you, you can... Be a full-grown man, but still think like a child. See? It's called suspended adolescence. Where these men are grown, 30, 40, 50, but they're stuck at 15. They're stuck at 16. They're stuck at 17. See? That's going on. That's going on. Society has put it there where men aren't forced to grow up, okay? Men have not been forced to grow up. Where, yeah, he's 35, he's got kids, but he's acting like he's 14. He still has the mindset, the mentality, the attitude of a child in adolescence.
Paul is telling you this is possible, brothers and sisters, okay? So sister, yes, he may have a driver's license. <laughs> he may have a house. That does not mean that his mindset is that of what the Bible considers a man. See this? So this is a clarion call for who? For the men. This is a clarion call. We're going to have to get out of this. Okay? And the only way to get out of what you see is through the men. So let's deal with the men. Let's deal with self-awareness, brothers. Because that's the most important. Okay? Let's deal with self-awareness. If you're, if you're not aware of yourself, you're in deep trouble. Okay? You're in deep trouble. Let's go to Ecclesiasticus in the Apocrypha. We're going to the 19th chapter, the 29th and 30th verse. I want you to listen to this. Ecclesiasticus in the Apocrypha, 19 and 29. And it reads, A man may be known by his look, and one that hath understanding by his countenance, when thou meeteth him. A man's attire and excessive laughter and gait show what he is. Brothers, according to the Bible, great leadership starts with self-awareness. Why? Because self-awareness gives us the ability to see ourselves through the perception of others. See? And guess what? There's no leaders without followers. So it would behoove you to know how people perceive you if you want to lead, right? An effective leader must know how other people perceive them. Take a look at what the Bible says. Ecclesiasticus 19 and 29 reads, A man may be known by his look. See that? A man may be known by his look. And one that hath understanding by his countenance when thou meeteth him. It says a man's attire... His excessive laughter and his gait, his, that means his stride, how he walks, shows what he is. The Bible says how a man operates, how he looks, how he dresses, how he walks, tells you who he is. See? What is a man? Hmm? When a man walks in the door, I know what they're all about. That's what the Bible is saying. His demeanor, his clothing. See, if a brother come in my presence, you know, with his boxes, his dirty drawers showing, I'm like, well, listen, <laughs> sisters, I can know what kind of man he is by his presentation. See, and then it talked about what it said, excessive laughter, brothers and sisters. What is this talking about? Everything is entertainment. See, you know, the substance of a man based on what he's entertained by sisters. See, what is he entertained by? When I became a man, I put away childish things. See, so we're dealing with leadership, men, leadership, self-awareness. According to the Bible, you know a man by his look. See, if you're walking the streets with a police uniform on, you can't be mad if a brother stop you and ask for directions. <laughs> okay. You have a police uniform on, right? You have a firefighter's uniform on. If you have a firefighter's uniform on, 
and somebody, you know, asks you to put out a fire, you can't be mad at that. What is your attire saying about you? Because see, clothing, clothing in the Bible was significant because it told you everything. See, and it still does. It still does. You know what a harlot is based on harlot attire, okay? If a brother come up with red bandanas hanging out of his right pocket and all this stuff, you could probably guess that he's probably a gang member, right? <laughs> so the Bible is telling you, listen, when people see you, they know you right away. They know who you are right away by not only your, your look, right? But your stride. And when it says... A man that have understanding by his countenance. What does that mean? What does that mean? In our community, our brothers walk around trying to look hard. Snarling. The Bible is telling you, listen, you understand who a man is or who he thinks he is just by his attire, just by his face. See? So men have to know this. You can't expect people to get to know you and say, well, now nah, my attire is that way. But when you get to know me, no, they're not going to get to know you. Most people are not going to get to know you. I know all that I need to know when you walked up in here, brother, with your dirty drawers showing. OK, that's all I need to know. See. You see that. Let's go to Proverbs 24 and 5. Because why? We're dealing with leadership, brothers and sisters. We're dealing with leadership. Proverbs, the 24th chapter in the 5th verse. Now remember, we talked about, we're talking about what? Self-awareness with men. Proverbs 24 and 5 reads, A wise man is strong. Yeah. A man of knowledge increaseth strength. Let's read that again. Proverbs, the 24th chapter in the 5th verse, and it reads, A wise man is strong. Yeah, a man of knowledge increaseth strength. Brothers and sisters, according to the Bible, this is the number one law of power. Knowledge is power. We must strengthen our nation with knowledge, brothers. You see that? See? We've been we've been bamboozled. We've been lied to. They taught us what masculinity is. You allowed Europeans <laughs> to teach us what masculinity is. Masculinity in our community means you sleep with a bunch of women. <laughs> And I'm like, what? I mean, when did that become masculine? When did that become masculinity? See, only thing, listen, <laughs> that's the only way we know to show our masculinity is to run around, you know, with your face balled up, pants hanging off your behind, you know, trying to, uh, you know, get everybody in the bed. And we think that's masculinity. We have to be retrained. We have to be retrained, brothers. The text proves that we as men have the wrong idea of masculinity. According to God, what does it say? Proverbs 24 and 5 reads, a wise man, a wise man is strong. Yeah, 
A man of knowledge increases strength. See that? So it's putting the emphasis on knowledge. Brothers and sisters, we were known as the smartest people walking. A Jew, the Jews. Okay, the Israelites, especially the Jews. The king tribe through David, right? To find a, a Jew during this time, to find a Jew who didn't value knowledge was almost unheard of. It was unheard of, brothers and sisters. The one thing this world hates is a smart Negro. Okay? That's the one thing they hate. Okay, you can be the physical specimen and all that. Yeah, that's good. You can be the cool one, the fly one, or whatever, you know, they say. But to, for you to think you're an intellectual, you've gone too far, Negro. You've gone too far. You better pick up a violin or a guitar or start tap dancing. Okay? You're entertainment, Negro. Okay? You don't stand before me and have, have intellectual conversation. See? That's how they look at you. They're not worried about you. You make music for a living. <laughs> you catch footballs for a living. You're not no leader. And this is how they're looking at it. They don't care about money. Money doesn't make you a leader in the white community. Okay? <laughs> Only in our community are celebrities leaders. We, you know, we think celebrities and actors and because you have money means you should be a leader. Only in our community, okay? Only in our community are basketball players and, and football players and actors leaders. Where are the football player leaders in the white community? See? Where are the singer and rapper leaders in the white community? They don't play that garbage. They don't play that garbage. Let's go to Proverbs 9. Why? Because the Proverbs 24 told us that what? Wisdom is strength. A wise man is strong. Okay, let's deal with wisdom then. What's wisdom according to God? Since we're being re what? Since we're being re-educated, we just found out what strength was and it was wisdom. Let's find out what wisdom is according to God. Proverbs the ninth chapter, the tenth verse, and it reads. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. So the question is, how do you begin to measure a man's wisdom? Let's read it again. Proverbs 9 and 10 reads, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Brothers and sisters, wisdom begins with the fear of the Most High. So sisters, when you're measuring, measuring a man's intelligence, his wisdom, you start there. Does he fear the Most High God? Not does he say he feared, but is his lifestyle saying that? Why? Because you're going to have to submit to him. <laughs> See, I, too many times I've heard sisters say, you know, he's not a man worth submitting to. Well, sister, you shouldn't have laid down with him. Because when you laid down with him, that was a covenant to say, I will submit to this man. He was good enough to lay down with, but he's not good enough to submit to. You have to kill that noise, sister. You have to kill all that noise. See? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So, brothers and sisters, atheists 
And non-believers try and come off as intellectuals. But the Bible says what? They are fools. Okay? <laughs> okay? In our communities, the atheists and the non-believers, they try to come with all this fake philosophy and intellect. I'm like, brother, you sound like a fool right now. Okay? <laughs> the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And if you don't fear God, brother, you're in no place to lead. So you need to just back on up. Okay? Back on up. Let's go to Genesis. Because we're still dealing with men here. The order of the Most High, right? So it starts what? With the head. We're showing you the Most High's order, okay? Let's go to Genesis 2. Let's start with the first man. Okay, let's start with the first man. Let's go to Genesis 2 and 20. We'll read 20 through 22. We're at Genesis 2 and 20 and it reads, And Adam gave names to all cattle and to the fowl of the air and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a helpmeet for him. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam and he slept. And he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh instead thereof. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from man made he a woman and brought her unto the man. What are we seeing here, brothers? According to the text, Adam got it started by himself. Okay? He was given dominion. He started dominion by himself, but he couldn't finish it by himself. So look at this. Adam was leading before Eve. You see that? How was he leading? Let me read it again. Adam 2 and 20 reads, And Adam gave names to all cattle. See? So Adam didn't become a good leader once he got a woman. He was a good leader before the woman ever arrived. So what are we seeing? We're seeing that good leadership earns help. <laughs> see? Good leadership earns help because it would be inappropriate for the most high to bring you a woman, brother, when you don't know how to lead a woman right now. You see that? The Bible is telling you help, help doesn't come until you work, brother. See? How can help come and we're not doing anything? She's a helpmate. <laughs> see? A woman can't help a man that's going nowhere. See, so she ends up rolling over us. Why? Because she's too, she's more anointed to help than you are to have a job to do. See, so we're showing you what the first thing man got was a job, not a woman. See, so what they've taught us is that for men, especially black men, the way you measure your masculinity is against a woman. So if I don't have a woman, I don't really know if I'm a man. See? Which is a lie. Because me being a man have nothing to do with a woman. <laughs> See? Adam, first thing he had from the Most High God was a job, not a woman. So we, we got brothers running around pandering. We got brothers running around looking for relationships 
main focus is relationships. It's like, brother, what type of man is you? What type of man are you? <laughs> okay? Just running around looking for women. How are you going to lead anything? It looked like you're being led. You're being led with being led by your loins, brother. And if you're being led by your loins, you definitely can't lead anybody. Because you're not even in leadership. You're being led by your loins, brother. See? Yeah. We're going to pull it out today. We're going to put it all on the table. Why? The title of today's lesson, Law and Order. Okay? Law and Order. Follow us to First Peter. Because why? We Now we have to move to our sisters. Now we have to move to our sisters. Okay? We had to start where? With the man. Because why? We are the men. The men are the leadership. So if anyone's at fault, the first person at fault is men. Men have started to blame women and, and play victim. And that's not masculine at all. Okay? But listen, our sisters won't go unscathed. Because guess what? They have a part in this too. When you look into our communities, it's not just because the man. Okay? It's not the man alone. He is the root of it. He's the main problem, but not the only problem. So let's deal with this. The title of today's lesson, Law and Order. Let's go to 1 Peter 3 and 7, brothers. 1 Peter, the third chapter in the seventh verse, and it reads, Likewise, ye husbands, dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife as the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers be not hindered. You see this, brothers and sisters? Let me read that again. 1 Peter 3 and 7 reads, Likewise, ye husbands, dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife as the weaker vessel, and as being heirs unto the grace of life, that your prayers be not hindered. According to the text, if a man is going to stay with a woman, he must understand you, sister. It says, if, if you're going to dwell with a woman, you have to do it according to knowledge. So, brothers, don't make the mistake of trying to make her be you. She's not meant to be you. She's meant to compliment you. See, if she's you, then it's, it's homo, which means it'll stimulate, but it won't bring forth fruit. You understand? Adam had leadership, but he didn't have fruit. You see that? So the woman was something completely different. She had a different perspective. So a man can't try to mold a woman into to think like he thinks. It's not going to work. It sh you shouldn't want to do that. Okay? A sister has a different perspective. And both perspectives are needed. Why are we going here? Because brothers and sisters, the root of our problem is the nucleus, which is the family. There's been an orchestrated effort to come against the man and woman amongst our community in order to destroy us. See? 
And Peter's breaking it down. He's like, listen, brother, if you want to be with a woman, you better learn <laughs> a woman, okay? You have to learn to live with a woman. You have to learn what to say, when to say it. You have to learn when to shut up, brother, okay? You have to learn when to counsel. See? We never learned this. Sisters have been doing what? Sisters have been playing house with Barbie dolls since they were seven and eight years old. They've been reading romance novels since they were 13 and 14 years old. Men don't do either one of those things. Boys play with G.I. Joe. Boys don't read romance novels. They read, you know, scary, you know, scary books and, and you know, stuff like that. So women have been prepared. <laughs> okay. Women have been prepared since a young age on how to run a house and what they expect and how I want my furniture. Men, we're, we're behind on this thing. Okay. We're way behind on this. We know about sex. <laughs> right. Does it? The Bible has the answer, brother. Let's read it again. First Peter, the third chapter, the seventh verse, and it reads, Likewise, ye husbands, dwell with them according to knowledge, according to knowledge, according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel and being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers be not hindered. Right? Okay. <clears throat> Let's deal with her according to knowledge. Let's go to Genesis 3 and 16. Let's deal with the first woman. Okay? Let's deal with her according to knowledge. Let's go to Genesis, the third chapter, the 16th verse. Brothers and sisters, take a listen. Take a uh, listen at this. Genesis 3 and 16 reads, Unto the woman, he said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow and thy conception." In sorrow thou shalt bring forth children, and thy desire shall be to thy husband, and he shall rule over thee. And brothers and sisters, this is what? This is the curse that was placed on all women through Eve, right? Why did we go here? We went here because before we can go into what we need, we must go into what is. Okay? Listen to this again, brothers and sisters. Genesis 3 and 16 reads, Unto the woman, he said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow and thy conception. In sorrow thou shalt bring forth children. So look at this. Women are emotional. You see that? But guess what? Those feelings can be a spiritual inclination that guides you through storms, sister. See? Or misguided feelings could be as hazardous as they can be helpful. So a sister have to know the difference, okay? Are you being overly emotional? That's not of God? Or is this a spiritual inclination from the Holy Spirit trying to nav show you how to navigate, how to guide you? So sisters, listen, you don't want to learn, you don't want to lose your feelings. You want to learn your feelings. So we're not going to say, listen, sister, you shouldn't feel anything at all. No, we're not saying that. That's not possible. According to God, that was part of the curse. See, when we saw this scripture, we thought this was just saying that she would have pain in childbirth, that she would just have sorrow in conception. No, that's not what this is saying. 
He said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow and thy conception. In sorrow thou shalt bring forth children. So the multiplication of sorrows, that means the multiplication of worry is outside of the pain in childbirth. A woman is always worried about something. She's always thinking, what about this? And what if this don't happen? And what if that don't happen? And guess what? Women are security driven. See? They're security driven. That's why they don't like stagnation. See? They're emotional. They have a million thoughts a minute. For men, men, we go to this nothing box where you ask them, you ask your, your husband, you know, what are you thinking about? And he's like, nothing. Men have that place where they can just think about nothing. Sisters don't have that. Their brain is like electricity. Just <laughs> electricity. See? Now, why do we go here? Because a brother has to understand a woman. Remember, Peter said that. So what do we learn? Brothers, a woman processes externally. So when something's wrong with her, she's going to want to talk about it. That doesn't mean she wants you to do something. What you must know is that when a woman thinks, she talks out loud. Okay? So she thinks out loud. Men don't do that. See? Men process internally. The more something bothers a man, the less he says about it. See? So, so what you do externally, sister, he does internally. See? So now, because why? Why do we go here? Because in order to get out of this, we have to do what? We have to stay together. Okay? We have to stay together. Because the root of the issue is that single parents, single households, women raising children. See, that's the key. Because the Bible said that the women in leadership is going to cause you to err. Okay? How many times do you see when a brother gets drafted to an NBA or, you know, football team or something? They think their mother. That's all you That's the state. The mainstay is the woman, the mother. Dad is not even there. See? And we're not saying that sisters are not doing the best they can. They are doing the best they can. But there's some things you cannot impart, sister. You cannot. You're a nurturer, okay? You're not a disciplinary. Which children need that? They need protection. You're not a protector, okay? See, that has to come from a man. That must come from masculinity. And young men are growing up with just estrogen in the house. No masculinity. Don't even know how men operate. Don't even know how men deal with emotions. See? So first thing we had to do is go here to show you that what? A sister, part of the curse is that she would have many worries. Right? Now also, I want you to look at something, brothers and sisters, because this text tells you something else. This text tells you something else, right? The first thing we see is that in every part of a woman's life, there's concern. And what? Satan will look to manipulate that spirit of trepidation. See? 
There's something else there, though. There's something else there. Genesis 3 and 16 reads, listen to this closely. Unto the woman, he said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow and thy conception. In sorrow thou shalt bring forth children, and thy desire shall be to thy husband, and thy desire shall be to thy husband, and he shall rule over thee. Brothers and sisters, part of the curse that was on Eve was that the woman's desire would be to usurp the place of the man's headship. You see that? Remember, this is a curse, brothers and sisters. This is a curse. Why would he be saying a curse is for you to desire your husband when he's going to rule over you? The, this verse is one of the most difficult in all the Old Testament to explicate because the English translation, it's a bit deceptive, brothers and sisters. When it says, and thy desire shall be to thy husband and he shall rule over thee. It's not saying she's going to desire to be with him. She's going to desire to be over him. Let's take a look at this. Let's go to Genesis. Genesis, the fourth chapter, the seventh verse. I need you to examine how similar the grammatical construction is one to another. This particular text with Genesis 3 and 16. Genesis, the fourth chapter in the seventh verse, and it reads, If thou do well, shall thou not be accepted. He's speaking to Cain here, right? Verse seven reads, If thou do well, shall thou not be accepted. And if thou doest not well, sin lieth at the door. And unto thee shall be his desire. And unto thee shall be his desire. And thou shall rule over him. You see that? The author represents sin as desiring to dominate and devour Cain. You see this, brothers and sisters? Genesis 4 and 7 reads, If thou do well, shalt thou not be accepted? And if thou doest not well, sin lieth at the door, and unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. Brothers and sisters, sin's desire was to entice and persuade him to that which was evil. And prevail and rule over him. This is what God was saying. He's saying sin have desire to rule over you Cain. You can't allow it. See? You see that brothers and sisters? It's the same verbiage. And if thou doest not well. Sin lieth at the door. And unto thee shall be his desire. Unto thee shall be his desire, unto Cain, to do what? To rule over him, to dominate him. See that? So let's go back now. Let's go back to Genesis 3 and 16. Now that we've proven what that piece actually means. Genesis 3 and 16 reads, Unto the woman he said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow and thy conception, in sorrow thou shalt bring forth children, and thy desire shall be to thy husband, and he shall rule over thee. So the curse was that she would have an inordinate affection where she thinks happy wife, happy life. 
that what's most important is that she's happy. And matter of fact, I know better than he knows, okay? Because he's not thinking like this. Matter of fact, brothers, sisters, be honest. How many conversations have you heard where sisters actually think they're smarter than men? Brothers, you don't know this. These conversations happen amongst sisters. Where they think men are just not educated enough, not intellectually, not, you know, thoughtful enough to do certain things. They really believe this. I'm not going to say every sister, but most sisters, especially the ones not dealing with men of God. They believe that they're just intellectually superior to men. Let's be real. Okay. What we're seeing here is the inception of the feminist movement. See, so based on the result of the curse, a woman would have a sinful inclination to do what? To usurp the authority of men. See, here we see the curse totally obliterates the fundamental shape of biblical gender roles. See? The text emphasizes what? An ongoing struggle between man and woman. The battle of the sexes finds its birth in this particular text. See this? So sisters, you have to know this also. That's why we said, sisters, don't get rid of your feelings. Learn your feelings. A lot of our sisters don't know what they're feeling. Brothers don't know what's going on. Now, guess what? Who is closely correlated with these with Adam and Eve? The closest correlation is who? Israel. The bloodline, the people who have the closest bloodline to Adam and Eve is Israel, according to the Bible. So guess what? These particular traits that Adam and Eve had are very strong amongst our people. Okay? See, our sisters, especially Judah, especially Benjamin, Judah, and Levi, which are the, the Haitians, the Jamaicans, and West Indies, and the Negro women, this particular spirit is strong, okay? Now, I'm not saying that brothers are doing everything right, because you and I both know we're not, <laughs> okay? But there is a spirit amongst our sisters of masculinity, Okay? Now, some sisters, they'll push back and say, well, I had to protect myself. This masculine exterior is because there was no man there. There was no father there. There was no protector there. So this was my, my defense mechanism. We understand that, sister. We understand that, sister. But we, what we want to point to is that there was no man there to protect you. And how no man or father being there affects even the woman. See that? As a daughter, as a young girl. See? So it all starts where? With the man. It starts with the man. Okay? First thing we had to do was point out that sisters are struggling, especially Judeans. They're struggling with something inside where they believe that as long as they're happy, the man is happy. <laughs> okay? People don't even ask the man, is he happy? <laughs> okay? It's all about the woman. Society has played to this. Why? Because Satan knows 
women cannot build a nation. Let's go to Isaiah 27 and 10. Take a look at this. Some people didn't know this was even in the scriptures. Israel, take a look at this. Isaiah, the 27th chapter, the 10th verse, and it reads, Yet the defensed city shall be desolate, and the habitation forsaken, and left like a wilderness. There shall the calf feed, and there shall he lie down, and consume the branches thereof. When the bows thereof are withered, they shall be broken off, and the women come and set them on fire. For it is a people of no understanding. Therefore, he that made them will not have mercy on them, and he that formed them will show them no favor. Now, once again, brothers and sisters, he's referring to a city or a land, but really he's referring to the people of that city or land. Referring to Israel. Let's read it again. Isaiah 27 and 10 reads, Yet the defensed city shall be desolate, and habitation forsaken, and left like a wilderness. There shall the calf feed, and there shall he lie down, and consume the branches thereof. When the bows thereof are withered, they shall be broken off. The women come and set them on fire. The women come. And set them on fire. For it is the people of no understanding. Therefore, he that made them will have no mercy on them. Brothers and sisters, here the author emphasizes the women of Israel's hand in our destruction. Because women are naturally security driven, they began to take the helm in lieu of our negligence. Do you see this? It, listen to verse 11. It says, when the bows thereof are withered. They shall be broken off. The women come and set them on fire. Brothers and sisters, in ancient Israel, it was a man's responsibility to kindle the fire. Okay. Do you see what it says? It says, when the bows thereof are withered, they shall be broken off. The women come and set them on fire. The women come and set them on fire. So the author is emphasizing women taking on a man's responsibility. See, they began to add fuel to an already burning fire by doing this. See, so now we have to go to our proper place. Okay, I don't want to, We don't want to hear that men won't step up. You step down, sister. Okay, you step down and let him step up. He can't step up while you're up there, though, okay? He doesn't want to step up because guess what? If he can't be the man, why is he there? And that's how he's thinking. I don't think like that, okay? Because it's not biblical. But men, listen, if I have to, you know, I can't feel like the man of my own castle, then I might as well go out and do, you know. And see, that's why men, because they don't know what their masculinity is. The only way they can feel masculine is by going out and become a, a flesh peddler, okay? A fornicator, a whoremonger, okay? See? Because why? That's what the rap music told our young brothers, right? See? Let's go to Jeremiah 31 and 22. Because we want to point something out to our sisters, right? Their hand in our destruction. 
Jeremiah 31 and 22 reads, How long will thou go about, O thy backsliding daughter? For the Lord have created a new thing in the earth. A woman shall compass a man. Brothers and sisters, this was a prophetic text. It's saying that what Jeremiah is seeing is women leading families. Not good. Why? Because women are governed by their emotions. Now, And I want to say this. Women do not want to lead. This is not in their nature. They want to be led. It's what defines their attraction to men. Is they want to be led. That's in their nature. See? So in order for her to take a role of leadership, she would have to consciously become more masculine. You see that? Do you see that? In order for her to take that leadership role, she would have to become more masculine. And then a brother come up and say, well, sister, you need to calm down. Okay. You need to be more delicate. You need to be more fair. You need to be more feminine. But you don't know what the sister, these sisters have gone through that, that made them this way. See? And then that leads to what our brothers start going to other, you know, other nations of people. See? When it all started with what? The man or the lack of men, the lack of leadership. So sisters, the delicacy, the fairness, the elegance, the allure. Powerful. But guess what? These sisters are fed up with these immature men. See, and that's the problem. It starts with the man. According to the Bible. The most important thing, the most important component to our success is the nucleus. It's the family. It's the core. It starts there. It starts with the family. Man, woman, child. It starts there. See? It starts there. The nuclear family. Family. Let's go to Ephesians 5 and 33, because why? The Bible tells us for sisters what their part is in this, okay? Because it's not all on men. There has to be a compromise, uh, there has to be a compromise here in order for this to work. For the for the you know, for the betterment of who? Our nation, our children. See? We broke up too easy. We break up way too easy. Our, you know, our grandpappies and, you know, great, great grandparents, they stayed together. Okay. Sometimes your grandfather cheated and all that and she stayed to, they stayed together. Now, I'm not saying a sister should allow a, bro a brother to just be flagrantly negligent, right? Commit heinous crimes. We're not saying that. Because it was much different back then. Why? Because women didn't work. <laughs> See? Women didn't work. So even though he was not, you know, doing everything right, she couldn't go anywhere because she didn't have anything. See, now though, now that the sister is highly educated and making more money, she's quick to get up out of there. Brothers and sisters, I, I looked at the numbers of divorce 
the numbers are staggering. Over 70% of all marriages that end in divorce, the woman files for the divorce. Look at these numbers. See, men, they, you know, men don't really get divorced like that. <laughs> but the sisters, why? Because the standard is different. And see, that's why, that's why they started paying those sisters more. Because it's hard for a sister to go out there and make, let's say she's making 50000 a year. And the man that she's with is making 30000 a year. And then she has to come into the house and be subservient and be submissive. It's, it can be done, but it can only be done through this book. It can only be done through the spirit of God. That's a hard pill to swallow where you are more successful than this man out in that world. You're bringing home more money than this man. Yet when you come home, you have to submit. But that's what a good sister would do. That's what a daughter of Zion, a righteous, virtuous daughter of God would do. No matter how much money she's making, when she comes home, she's submissive. Because why? That's her role. That's her role. And brother, you have to be a man worth submitting to. See? I'm tired of brother saying, well, she won't submit. She won't submit. Brother, listen, if you were worth submitting to, she would do it. Because a man worth submitting to never has to tell a woman to submit. Ever. See, if you have to tell a sister to submit, if you need scriptures, if you have to be pulling out scriptures for a sister to submit, something is totally wrong. Matter of fact, that ain't the sister for you. If she need to know she's compelled by God to submit to you, that's the only reason she's going to do it. Something is terribly wrong. Something is terribly wrong. So there's a compromise. Men must be what? Worth submission. Sisters have to do what? Raise the bar. Choose better men. A man that's worth submitting to. Let us show you something. Let's go to Ephesians 5 and 33. Listen to this. Ephesians, the fifth chapter, the 33rd verse, and it reads, Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife even as himself. And the wife see that she reverence her husband. Brothers and sisters, did you see that? It's telling you that what men need and what women need are different. Men and women interpret love differently. He tells the man to love his wife, but what does he say to the woman? What does she supposed to do? Ephesians 5 and 33 reads, Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife, even as himself, and the wife see that she reverence her husband. Not love her husband, see that she reverence her husband. See? So whereas unconditional love is powerful for women, unconditional respect is what men desire. See? According to this text, our genders make us desire different things. They make us communicate different. The Most High understood these differences from the time we were created. See, so according to the manuscript, men like to be 
affirmed. They like to be praised. See, they like to be respected. So, if sisters, if you respect that man, he'll interpret that as love. See? How many times have you heard a man talk about respect? Guess what? Where I'm from, men die over respect. Okay? People get shot over respect. So men, that's how they operate off. You can't get a man flowers, okay? <laughs> okay? You get a sister flowers, she loved those flowers. You get a man flowers and see how he responds. So you can't love the same way. And brothers, what you call love is likely different than what she calls love. You call love sex. She calls love what? Affection. See? Affection. That's how she spells love. See? The Bible never tells women to love their husbands. Why? Because they do that. Naturally, they do that. What the Bible says is to respect him. To praise him. See? If you start praising a man, <laughs> he will go out of his way to prove what you're saying is right. Okay? Try this, sisters. Try this. This is how you operate with a man. You stroke his ego. The Bible is telling you this. Guess what? We're made in God's image. God loves to be praised. <laughs> See? God said, listen, enter into my courts, my courts with thanksgiving and praise. We're made in his image. Men love to be affirmed. They love to be respected. They love to be praised. Now, sisters are thinking, why do you need a pat on the back? Sister, if this is going to make him a better man, it doesn't matter why he needs it. Okay? It doesn't matter why he needs it. If it's going to get him to stay around and be a good husband, a good father, it doesn't matter why he needs it. The Bible is giving, you, is giving it to you real and raw. Men desire respect. Men desire praise. Not worship, praise. Praise is thank you for this, thank you for that. Worship is something different. Worship is what we do for the Most High. You're not thanking Him for what He did. You're worshiping from worshiping Him for who He is. Okay. Let's go to Ecclesiasticus in the Apocrypha. Ecclesiasticus twenty-six and three, and it reads: A good wife is a good portion, which shall be given into the portion of them that fear the Lord. So the first course of action is to learn how to be a virtuous spouse. Listen to this. Ecclesiasticus 26 and 3 reads, A good wife is a good portion, which shall be given in the portion of them that fear the Lord. Verse 23 reads, a wicked woman is given as a portion to a wicked man, but a godly woman is given to him that feareth the Lord. So listen, until we comprehend how to be a valuable spouse to him, providing me a spouse of your own or our own would be unmerited. He's telling you, listen, brother, if you're talking about how she won't submit he's pointing out to you how you won't submit to him. See? 
He's saying a good woman go to a good man. You can't be a, a terrible man, a cheater, fornicator, whoremonger, flesh peddler, non-provider, and want a good woman. It doesn't work that way. The Bible is telling you a wicked woman will get a wicked man. Same thing, sister. You can't be a woman who, you know, don't submit and all that, but then you want a good man. Good men don't want to be, you know, with you because you won't submit. And submission isn't a bad thing. The word submission in itself highlights what? Power. Why? Because that means you have the power to submit or you have the power not to. See, submission is a power. Your greatest strength, sister, is your submission. See, they taught you something else. They fooled you, especially the black woman. They fooled the black woman with this feminist movement. You rarely see, you know, white women <laughs> saying they don't need a man. You never see Hispanic women saying it. The only one, only people that picked up that banner was us. Okay, I'm a strong black woman. I, I haven't heard I'm a strong white woman. I haven't heard I'm a strong Latino woman. I haven't heard that. So that has affected my, our community the most, okay? That garbage. We need to put this out there. Let's go to Proverbs 27 and 15. Because why? Sisters must be self-aware. Okay? He's saying, listen, if you want a good man, you must learn how to be a good wife. First, you don't learn how to become a wife once you're married. You learn that first. <laughs> okay? You, you get in preparation first. And I'll send the man. But why? I, I have to protect that man from you, sister, because you will tear his whole life up. Because you're not ready. Same thing. The Most High keep certain women from you, brother. Because you'll destroy that whole sister's life. She pop up with two, three kids, you know, <laughs> no place to live, no job, messing around with you. So he's like, well, no. No, I'm not bringing you anyone. Any person you get with is a person you got with on your own because you're not ready. Sister, look at this. Proverbs 27 and 15 reads, A continual dropping in a very rainy day and a contentious woman are alike. Mm. You hear that? A continual dropping in a very rainy day in a contentious woman are alike. What does this mean? Brothers and sisters, one that argues, debates, disputes, fights, quarrels, and questions, she is not content and she cannot let others be content. It's like, brothers and sisters, if you've ever lived in those houses with like those metal, those uh, metal roofs where you can hear the rain, or was like a continued drop. If you, you know, we used to put those, uh, like those Folgers cans, those tin cans, when there was a leak in the roof, and you just hear it drip, 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 drip. That's what it's like with a contentious woman. There's always something, always something. She's the odious woman the world cannot stand. See. A woman that can be used as an instrument of righteous, righteousness 
has a meek and quiet spirit, not a contentious spirit, not a loud and demonstrative spirit. That's not good for women. Men don't like that. That's a masculine trait. Men don't like that. Okay. They don't like that. They don't want to, you know, argue all the time. Okay. The man get beat up, especially Israelite man. He get beat up all day out there. <laughs> then he come home and get beat up. He's going to stop coming home eventually. See, when he comes home, that's supposed to be like in a boxing match, you know, during the breaks. When you go and you're his cut man, you're giving him drinks, you helping him with, you know, put Vaseline on his busted lip. That's what home is supposed to be like. You want the brother to come out of the ring and then go into another ring. Sister, you must know how to what? You must learn to capitulate. You must learn to submit. You must learn to acquiesce. Even when you don't agree sometimes. Okay? Because why? A wise woman values peace in her house. See? A man values peace in his house more than a girl who, you know, is a supermodel. Because it doesn't matter if she's a supermodel. You see men all the time. You're like, what is he doing? He values peace. I don't care how fine a sister thinks she is. Somebody's tired of her. Somebody's tired of her. Let's go to Proverbs 11 and 22. Proverbs, the 11th chapter, the 22nd verse, and it reads, As a jewel of gold in a swine's snout, so is a fair woman, which is without discretion. What does this mean? Brothers and sisters, it's talking about discretion. It said it's like a pig with a nose ring. <laughs> Brothers and sisters, discretion is the ability to discern or distinguish what is right, what's befitting or advisable for one's own conduct. So a sister that don't really know what's feminine or, or what's attractive to men, it's like what? <laughs> it's like a gold ring in a pig's nose. See, this is a fair comparison to an attractive woman without personal grace to be pleasant company. And there's some pretty women that have the nastiest attitude. The more you see them, the less you like them. See? So he's telling you, these uh, somebody didn't hype these sisters' heads up to think that, you know, <laughs> that, that they look so good that they could have that type of attitude. Sister, somebody bamboozled you. Okay? You don't understand men. You're going to find a woman half as good with the man you wanted. <laughs> You're going to find a woman who looks half as good as you with the man of your dreams. Let's read that again. Proverbs 11 and 22 reads, As a jewel of gold in a swine's snout, so is a fair woman without discretion. Brothers and sisters, beauty is not much if the woman with it does not know how to conduct herself. See, while a gold ring might be a stunning piece of jewelry, its beauty is lost when it's placed in the snout of a pig. You see that? 
Men don't care how fine a woman thinks she is. Okay? Men like class. Now, he may sleep. He may, you know, lay down with you. But he's not building a legacy with you, sis. See, you find anyone to lay down. That's easy. <laughs> is he going to build a legacy? Is he going to be there tomorrow? In the next day? In the next day? See, so sisters have to be self-aware. Let's go to Proverbs 9 and 13. Proverbs 9 and 13 reads, A foolish woman is clamorous. She is simple and knoweth nothing. Brothers and sisters, a woman like this is offensive and repulsive, not only to the Most High, but to any man with any level of wisdom in class. See? Wise women will avoid these three character traits and wise men will reject any woman with them. Okay. There are clear indicators that reveal a woman's foolish heart. She's noisy, she's gullible, and she's ignorant. See that? You see that? Wise women are what? Quiet, prudent, and knowledgeable. This is what a man is looking for. Okay, he's not looking. Sisters think men are looking for something else. It's not all about looks. Okay, sisters putting all types of plastic and, and, and stuff all up in their body trying to find a man. Listen, the man that's going to make you happy, he's not looking for plastic, sister. Okay, he's not looking for lip fillers. And and listen, I don't want to. If a sister have that, you know, I'm not trying to. You know, make satire or anything like that. We we all make mistakes, you know, or whatever the case is. But you have to learn what men want, <laughs> okay? When it pertains to building a legacy, what is he looking for, okay? Because you'll find a man to lay down, right? Let's go to First Ezra. I need sisters to take a look at this. First Ezra, the fourth chapter, the 22nd verse, because of why these particular texts illustrate the influence of a woman. First Ezra 4 and 22 reads, this is talking about the power of women. OK, so sisters, listen up to this. Brothers, you need to listen to this also. First Ezra, the fourth chapter, the 22nd through the 27th verse. By this also you must know that women have dominion over you, men. Do ye not labor and toil and bring it all to the woman? Yeah, a man taketh his sword and goeth his way to rob and steal and sail upon the sea and upon the rivers. He looketh upon a lion and goeth in the darkness. And when he hath stolen, spoiled and robbed, he bringeth it to his love. Mm. Look at that. It said a man will go to work and work 50 hours a week, 60 hours a week and bring that home to who? It tells you that a man will rob. He will sell drugs. And do what? Spend it on women. Spend it on a woman. You see that? It says, look at verse 20, 23. 
Yeah, a man taketh his sword and goeth his way to rob and to steal, to sail upon the sea and upon the rivers and looketh upon a lion and goeth in the darkness. And when he hath stolen, spoiled and robbed, he bringeth it to his love. Wherefore, a man loveth his wife better than father and mother. Verse 26 reads, Yeah, many there be that have run out of their wits for women and become servants for their sakes. Many have perished, have erred and sinned for women. Mm. According to this text, a woman can affect a man's behavior for better or for worse. Listen to verse 26 and 27. First Ezra 4 and 26 reads, Yeah, many there be that have run out of their wits for women and have become servants for their sakes. What does that mean? This man has been driven crazy by this woman. Literally crazy. He's become a servant. Why? He's become a servant for this sister. Usually a man like that is being led by his loins. See, so anything she wants, even if it's wrong, even if it's going to hurt the brother, set the brother back, he'll go against God for a woman. Adam. Verse 27 reads, many also have perished and have erred and sinned for women. So every man is not strong enough to handle a woman until you can tell a sister no. Okay, and listen, look, you may have an attitude and all that. You'll, you'll get over it. You'll get over it. But the answer is no. God said this. God said that. This is right. This is wrong. See? And if you can't tell a sister no, you are in no position to have a woman. Okay? Because a woman needs a leader. So the text teaches us what? Not to make the search for a life partner the predominant thing in life. Why? Because many men run out of their wits for women, become a servant, become a slave for a woman. So according to the text, we need to put out of your mind the constant desire to be married. See? Give yourself to that which God has marked you out for in the present. Let him bring the rest. People walk around, I need to be married. I want to get married. I want to get married. I want to get married. Walking around like zombies out there. I want to get married. I want to get married. See? Sisters have to do what? According to this text, the Bible is telling you, you have the power of what we call influence. That's a woman's gift. Women don't even know, you know, how powerful that gift is. And brothers will tell you, a woman cannot even say anything and be influencing a brother. <laughs> Her presence alone is influential. Sister, your presence alone makes him operate a certain way and do certain things, though you may have said no words. That's the power of your influence. See, 
That's your power. Use it properly. Our sisters have to raise the bar. Okay? They have to raise the bar. Let's go to Ecclesiastes 12 and 13. Why? Because in order for sisters to raise the bar, they must know this scripture. Ecclesiastes 12 and 13 reads, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. Let me read that again. Ecclesiastes 12 and 13 reads, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments. For this is the whole duty of man. So according to the text, the man whose main focus is pleasing a woman. Sisters, understand he's going to look to please every woman who shows him attention. Okay, some men are not strong enough to turn down attention. Any woman that give him any level of attention. <laughs> see? His, mo his only motivation is the opposite sex. He's immature. He's weak-minded. He's easily distracted. Sister, you don't want that kind of man. See? Anytime I've seen, you know, a man pursuing a sister and he's like more into her than she's into him, it never works. It never works. She go find somebody else. <laughs> it never works. I've never seen it work. What works is when the sister is pursuing this man. She's really into this man. She's really into this man. Those are the relationships that work. When brothers start running around, following sisters around and all this, a, a, real, a woman is not looking for that. Okay? What did they call that in the, uh, in the uh, young people? They call it, I think, a simp. I think that's what they call it, simps or something like that, right? A sister ain't looking for that, <laughs> okay? She's not looking for a man that's all up her butt, okay? So let's be clear, sisters. The whole duty of man is that he fear God, keep his commandments. See that? So sisters, that's what you need to be looking for, a man who fear God and keep his commandments, not somebody who's thirsty over you. Okay, not somebody who's just all up on you and think you so fine, because guess what? That's not love. That's passion. That passion is called lust. That's going to burn out. <laughs> okay, when that newness wear off. Who do you have there? See, brothers. Proverbs 31 and three. Proverbs 31 and 3 reads, Give not thy strength unto women, nor thy ways to that which destroyeth kings. Mm. Read that again. Proverbs 31 and 3 reads, Give not thy strength unto women, nor thy ways to that which destroyeth kings. To be inspired or motivated by a woman is to give your strength, your duty and honor to the lust of your loins. 
Why? Because a woman can't motivate you to be a good man. See, great men, especially in positions of authority or leadership, must take extra precautions to be vigilant against this dangerous threat. Why? Because a man who cannot stand up for you, sister, if he can't stand up to you, he can't stand up for you. See? So there's a certain segment of our sisters who choose men they know they can steamroll and easily manipulate. That's out there. See? So what we're seeing is that you have brothers who want to please a woman so much that they lose their courage to do what's right. They lose their courage to do what's right. See, so why do we bring this up, brothers and sisters? Why do we bring this up? Because men and women have responsibility in where our, you know, where our nation is. And it starts with the relationships. It starts with the relationships. Okay? So we have to know what to look for. Our sisters need to know what to look for, what a man actually is. Stop choosing men based on, you know, uh, what kind of car they drive or he got nice hair or whatever sisters is, is doing. And brothers, stop choosing sisters based on her behind. Okay? Brothers is out here chasing sisters based on their figure. And I'm like, brother, her figure is not going to raise your children. Her mentality is going to raise your children. See? So here it is. Men know their responsibility. Sisters understand their responsibilities. What did we learn today? We learned the Most High has order. And in order to pull ourselves out of this ditch, brothers and sisters, we're going to need the Word of God. There's a war. On masculinity. There's a reason for that. Men have to do what? Men have to find their righteous power again. Sisters have to do what? Sisters have to support men. Finding their masculinity. Finding their righteous power. And step down. Okay? The title of today's lesson. Law and Order. We want to say, Kwam Yasharala, sin no more.